Well, are you ready to get into the Word? Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor David to come join me. We're going to preach together tonight. Amen. I tell you, don't you love our pastor? Well, you know, I love him too. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, Pastor Scarlett, before we um, preach, let's um, say a special word of prayer for... um, some people that are a part of our our church and have been, have been a part, mm-hmm. um, Walt and Pam Bollinger, their uh, their daughter just passed away this afternoon. I think mm-hmm. about three o'clock, just a couple of hours ago. Yeah. Uh, was that right? Two fifty-five, mm-hmm. I think. Two thirty, and so um, I guess uh, I guess she had um, uh, you know obviously a health issue, and um, um, I don't feel like sharing all that you know maybe it's not not uh discreet but she had a health issue and and lost a battle with a disease but um uh th- thank god she's with jesus and uh they are stating that rejoicing with her um you know home going but yet on the same hand it's tough yeah. uh you know we've often said that uh, it's not god's order of things for parents to be burying their children mm-hmm. and yet we we've all in, in some ways uh seeing that happen and i've experienced it myself and it's not good but let's just hold up walt and pam bollinger they're both ministers great pastors in uh in in uh, indianapolis for many years friends to so many ministries and uh a friend to this church amen, amen. and so uh, father in jesus name we just uh, lift them up if you're watching on internet you might know them uh you join in in this prayer uh we just lift up uh, walt and pam yes. lord we ask you to touch their hearts this afternoon and tonight and uh and into the next coming days which are not easy days but lord we just ask you to to um Minister by the Holy Spirit to them. We minister words of faith and love and peace. Yes. Surround them with the love of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, touching uh, the children, the grandchildren, the family, extended family there and um, uh, on, on all sides. We give, you, we give you praise, Lord, and thank you for being with them tonight yes. in Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Praise God. Okay, where are we going here? We're going to Colossians chapter 2. Hallelujah. And if you'd like to turn there, we'll. Um, I'm going to be reading out of a little bit of the King James, but also the yes. New Living Translation. Yes, are you on? Yeah, I think so. Glory. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But I'm distracted. No, well, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Colossians chapter 2. Maybe we should pray before we... We need to do something. Okay. <laughs> Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you for the unction of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for everyone listening. They have ears to hear, anointed, minds open, and hearts receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we sang about it a while ago, which... Um, which was really nice about being complete in Christ. And so I wanted to read a little bit here and then we can just yes. talk about this Great. if you want to. Um, I'm going to read starting in verse 6. This is Colossians 2, 6. And now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must 
Continue to live in obedience to him. Let your roots grow down deep into him and draw nourishment from him. So you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy Mm. or high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body and you are complete through your union with Christ. Yes. He is the Lord over every ruler and authority in the universe. Amen. Isn't that something? Yes. And that we're complete in him. Yes. Um, this is one of my favorite passages because the devil will tell us uh, as believers that, you know, what we always lack. He's like the lack report, isn't he? Yeah. You know, you... you you lack health, you lack money, you lack influence, you lack favor, you lack intelligence or uh, education or whatever that you, you he'll he'll point out your flaws or what he perceives as uh, what you might perceive as a flaw. Yeah. Uh, you're too old, you're too young, you're too something, you're too little, you're too skinny, you're too fat, whatever it is that he's trying to to to. To lessen us and make us feel that we always lack something. Now, if I can just get really blunt about this, I have been in too many meetings, too many meetings where the theme was what you lack. And then the preacher says, but I've got the special anointing to fill that and have you come down and, you know, pray for you that you get this special thing that, that, that you lack. But um, there should be no gospel preacher that tells anybody they lack anything because in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. Think of that. Everything God is is in Christ. And the Bible says we are complete in him, which means... Uh, or another another way that the King James, or uh, not in this particular passage, but in other scriptures, would use the word perfect, um, meaning that you you don't lack anything. Uh, nothing broke. We say nothing broken, nothing missing. Mm-hmm. And so we should we should thank God for that. We need to start praising the Lord on a daily basis. For what the word says that we have, yeah. not what the bank account says we have, right. not what the doctor do little next to de- doctor do nothing says that we have or whatever else, but what the word of God says that we have. And the word says we're complete. We don't lack anything. That's right. And so, uh, <clears throat> I've called the, the nightly news the lack report because it always tells, tells us as a nation, what we're lacking. We're lacking in leadership. We're lacking in protection. We're lacking in sunshine. You know, we don't have enough sunshine in one place and not enough rain in another. It's always lack, lack, lack. You're going to run out of food. You're going to run out of electricity. You're going to run out of protection. Everything's running out. And they have been saying this my entire life. How many can attest that you've been hearing the lack report your whole life of what you don't have or what you can't have? Uh, what you, what you won't see and can't experience. But praise God in the Word of God, we have this Word that we are complete, entire, lacking nothing. 
nothing broken, nothing missing. How many believe Christ is perfect? How many believe, see, and so we think of the word perfect in a, in a negative way of all, you know, Irma May is a, is a perfectionist, you know, and drives you crazy. Well, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about perfect in the sense of how we perceive that as kind of a negative word, you know, that, that everything, you know, really nothing in this world, in the natural world is quite perfect, is it? I mean, you could have the best architect and best contractor in the world to put up a building and it could be pretty close to perfect. But you could find uh, maybe a gap here or there or something where something doesn't quite fit together. But in Christ, spiritually, everything is perfect, meaning um, not only complete, but that it's the best it could ever be. Um, our friend Jim Andrews explained to me, there is a word in Spanish, and I will not slaughter the Spanish conquistador's language, but... Uh, I will not try to, to, to even pronounce this word, but this word, um, I think it's like punta, which means, uh, I think it's in some of the names of some of our cities in Florida. But that word, something like that, it means, if I'm pronouncing it right, I don't think I am. God help me. I lay hands on myself. Um, that word means that not only is it, is it perfect, but it's as perfect as it could ever possibly be, which adds another layer of, of blessing to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So they use it in Spanish to describe, for example, a piece of fruit. Let's say you have a watermelon, and there is a moment in the life of that watermelon that it is the best it will ever be. It's as ripe as it will ever be. It's as sweet as it will ever be. If you go one more day, it will begin to deteriorate. And so it, there's this point, there's this peak, this um, apex of, of perfection that this piece of fruit, it could be a watermelon, uh, an avocado or something, uh, this uh, tomato, <laughs> whatever, this, that, um, that it's as good as it could ever be uh, it, it will never be any better than at that particular moment. And, and that word is what's used in the Spanish Bible to describe being complete in Christ. In other words, it will never be any better, amen, than at that moment that we become um, a, a born-again believer, really. And then we just spend the rest of our lives understanding what's happened. And try to undo what the religion has told us, you know, that we're a bunch of worms. Mm-hmm. And that we don't deserve anything. And that Christ is perfect, but we're not so, so much. But the Bible says here, again, uh, that we are complete in Him. Amen? That means, again, nothing missing, nothing broken. Don't let the devil, you know, beat beat you out of what belongs to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's already, you know, just in talking about finances, Brother Hagen had a great teaching on um, believing God for finances. I I, I think he call, called it something else, but it was the idea. Believing God for finances or using faith for finances. He said, the money that you need in your life is already belongs to you through Christ. It's already yours. 
You just need to tell the devil to take his hands off of it. So oftentimes we pray, Lord, bless me. Lord, help me. Lord, send this. But really, he sent it in Christ. If we're in Christ, we have all that we need. Yeah, just lay claim to it. I've sputtered to a close. Well, you know, um, this, and this, <laughs> this is really kind of an authority scripture here because it says you are complete in him, which is the head of principality and power. Yes. Um, the uh, New Living again here says you are complete through your union with Christ, joined with him, which we, we use the yes. term in Christ. And that just means simply we're joined to him in union with him. And he is the Lord over every ruler and authority in the universe. Yes. That's pretty powerful then, that we're joined to that kind of power. And and see, again, Paul's the writer here. If anything Paul understood, it was union with Christ. Um, He uses the term in the Amplified Bible in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, in the classic Amplified, uh, it says that we are engrafted into Christ. So, if you know anything about grafting fruit, you know the you don't it, it joins together, becomes one tree. You don't know what was added on and what was original. It's it's engrafted. It's 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 um, or they do it like a skin graft. You know, it yeah. becomes part of the body. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so you can see there uh, there it is there on the screen. If if any person is engrafted in Christ, um, he's a he's a new new creature the the look at the behold the fresh and the new has come or you could say the perfect has come the complete has come Mm -hmm. and so no longer are we just cut off separated from god but we've been engrafted into christ there's union with christ um one one uh, uh preacher said that union with christ is the big deal yeah um that's why the new birth cannot be explained by just saying, well, forgiveness of sins. Well, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Forgiveness yeah. of sins. But that's not the, that's not the end of it. Well, now we're just the same as other people. It's just that our sins are forgiven and theirs aren't yet. No, it's more than just yeah. forgiveness of sin. You could get forgiveness of sins under the old covenant. Right. You didn't need a new one to get that. But you, what you could not get is union with Christ, union with God in that sense. Through the old covenant, you had to, there had to be a new one. Yes. <laughs> Paul said that in the whole book of Hebrews. That's right. And so, praise God. Um, um, I, I like to say this. You know, we, we got to thank God for the faith movement. We are the faith movement. <laughs> Scarlett and I, we've been in the faith movement since before it was a movement. When it was just a few Bible teachers with a, really a few hundred people kind of gathering around it. But praise God, it became a mighty movement. Amen. Yes. Now there's churches and Bible schools and, and things around the world, you know, from the faith movement and uh, became a mighty movement. But you know, thank God for faith. Thank God for what we understand about how to use our faith, right? How to, how to call those things that be not as though they were. And confession brings possession and, uh, all those things. But faith is not an end of itself. It's a means to something. Yeah. And then we got the great grace message, you know, which some aren't so sure is great yet, but they will if they get a revelation of it. But the grace message, which is, Praise God that our salvation is a gift, Ephesians 2, 8, you know. Right. And so we thank God for the message of grace, right? That we're not saved by works. 
but by faith in the finished work of Christ. And But did you know that grace is not an end of itself? So what you're, you're not careful, if you just stopped at faith, you'd say, praise God, I can use my faith. I know how to get my healing. I know how to get my bills paid. I know how to believe God for a new car, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm, a, whew, I'm a faith person. But if that's the end of your faith, then, you, you know, you, you, you didn't get the point. And grace, what if, you know, some people think, well, grace is the end of it. But, so now I'm free. And that's some of the ones that go bonkers with grace. Well, I'm free to just do any old way I want to. Well, you don't have the grace of God because Paul said that true grace, Bible grace, will lead you to holiness. Yeah. So it doesn't lead you to debauchery. That's so right. if somebody's into debauchery, they're not in grace. They're, they've got a problem. So thank God for faith, right? Teaches us how to use what belongs to us. Thank God for grace. Because we realize it's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. And we're grateful every day for the grace of God. Amen. But faith and grace are not the end. The end, the destination, is what Scarlett, Dr. Scarlett, <laughs> brought up tonight, which is a union with Christ. Union with Christ is the deal. Yes. And if you could ever get that, and you can, and we will, and we are, aren't we? Amen. If we get that down on the inside of us, my God, we're unstoppable. And that's why the devil fights that message so much. Well, sir. He wants us to be dragging ourselves down to the repentathon altar calls all the time and feeling like a dirty dog. Because if we can, if we can keep, if we can stay in shame and guilt, yeah. then we can't, we will never rise up to use the authority to do the work of God on the earth. That's right. Yeah. And and when I think about the word complete, I think about completion. You know, it's it's a completeness, a completion, the finished work. It, it's done. It's completed. Yes. And I think human beings, uh, we really need to realize as as born again Christians that that the completeness of our lives when we accept Jesus. I mean, it's amazing what all takes place, yes. and we are still coming. In into the knowledge of that you know the bible says in first timothy chapter two that we're to pray for all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth yes because it's it's just so much yes that we have to take in that's been done and it's all it's all so glorious but we have to pray for that revelation knowledge and yes. spiritual understanding you know and and uh to really come into the knowledge of christ so that we can walk in this. And like Pastor David said a while ago, that the, the world is speaking so much against, uh, you know, he says oppositional. It's lack yes. and it's bad news and it's depressing and on and on. When, yeah. when this word is such life giving and when we're born of God, uh, that spring of, of life is in us constantly. Yes. Springing up life. Uh, I was thinking a while ago about completeness too, and I, this might speak to the women for a minute here. Um, I know through, throughout my life, you know, there's been women who wanted to get married, and they yeah. said, I need to find a mate to be complete. And um, really, the Lord Jesus Christ makes us complete. Yeah, right, right. And, That's right. Um, Amen. And so if you're in that situation tonight where you're thinking, if I just had a mate, you know, I would be, there would, there would be a completion there. Really, the Lord has made you complete. And because you're complete in Christ, you're going to be a, a much better mate, a much better wife, really a better husband. Yes. Uh, than it is a completeness there in the spirit, right? Well, I think that even just from the soulish psychological level, uh, if you have two secure people in a, in a relationship, 
uh, it's going to be a stronger relationship than than one, you know, hanging on to the other one, um, you know, for the support, the the emotional and moral support, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, if you have two people that are strong and know who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, support one another in that truth, I think you have a stronger marriage and a yes. stronger relationship. Right. The Amen. The, the three, the yes. man, woman, and God in the and middle. A, <laughs> three, uh, three ply, three strong, uh, three, what is it, three cord something cord, three something, three ply cord basically is not easily broken, the scripture says. Amen. So it's like having a two-legged stool. That's always a problem, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, you need that, <laughs> you need that third leg there to... Or, or two boards and a swing. Two boards and a swing at the Don Cesar Hotel. It can be a, pl- a real problem. Yes. I wonder what they're worth. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm an attorney. All right. <laughs> so let me, I'll read a little more here and then we'll okay, close. Okay, yes. I just, this is all so good. This whole chapter, I, I, I encourage you to read it all, but we'll just read a little bit more. Yes. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. It was a spiritual procedure, yes. the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. Well, that's good news, isn't it? Wow. He took it and he destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. In this way, God disarmed the evil rulers and the authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Yes. Then it says, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, for not celebrating certain holy days or new moons, ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules were only shadows of the real thing, Christ himself. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on self-denial. And don't let anyone say you must worship angels, even though they say that they have had visions about this. These people claim to be so humble, but their sinful minds have made them proud. But they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. Right. For we are joined together in his body by his strong sinews. And we grow only as we get nourishment and strength from God. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? It's, it is wonderful. And so, you know, you end up with these, really this explains so many weird doctrines and even weird groups of, of, of religious orders that rise up that they they have stopped holding the head mm-hmm. they've stopped being connected to Christ and kind of off on their own right well so what you end up with is the headless wonder yeah and uh and uh that that's that might be a spectacle to look at mm. but it's not it's it's a freak right it's not it's not real gospel ministry mm-hmm. listen folks the gospel in its purest form is the most powerful thing on earth. Amen. And uh, Paul said that in, in in his introduction to his letters to the Romans. 
he said that uh, it is the power of God unto unto even unto salvation. Yeah. And uh, do you realize what a miracle every new birth is? Do you realize what a miracle salvation is? That we are translated, transported from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. Uh, and it's all by one action that happened one day, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And it's still available now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I think we've, our altar calls need to change. I've been saying this for 30 years, um, and I get few votes to agree with me. <laughs> but our altar calls are still centered around sin consciousness. And guilt and shame, and don't you feel rotten for what the scoundrel you've been, uh, as opposed to uh, the beautiful, uh, life-saving, life-changing good news of Christ. Amen. Yeah. And He says again, if you if you um, refer sometime to Second Corinthians five, that passage from about seventeen down to twenty twenty one, if you look there. It'll tell you that what the altar call should be. Come and freely accept this gift of grace that which is being offered. And and Paul said, We are ambassadors of Christ. How about that? Ambassadors of Christ. You know, you gotta kind of be a kind of an important person to be picked to be an ambassador. That's right. And uh and so, you know, they don't just they don't just, you know, do a bingo game and see who wins the, to be the the ambassador to France or something. It's a it's a it's a place of honor. Yeah. It's a place of trust. You're representing the entire nation when you go as an ambassador. You can speak for the nation. Mm-hmm. You can speak for the president and for the Congress and say this is what our policy is or our decision. And so Paul calls us ambassadors for Christ. He said, uh, as it were, beseeching you in his stead to come freely accept this. Uh, It says right there, be ye reconciled to God. So that's that's the altar call. Come be reconciled to God. God's done everything for the reconciliation. You just need to sit down at the negotiating table and sign the contract. It's all ready for you, and it's all... For your favor. Amen. Amen. And um, somebody asked the question, a great friend of mine said, what did God get out of of salvation? What did God get out? Um, and if you get, again, if you look at Ephesians, the first and second chapter, it continually says, um, by his own good pleasure, or because, in other words, because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Why did he do all this? Because he's going to get something out of his action. And what, what did he get? He got the opportunity to bless us Hallelujah. like he always wanted to. Amen. You think, well, what was that? The Garden of Eden. Yeah. Praise God. Look at that. Look at that scenario. Mm-hmm. Put us in a place. Put the first man and woman in a place that everything was provided. Everything was beautiful. Everything was you know, unimaginably uh, amazing. Yes. And uh, um, sin and sin consciousness and shame and guilt and the devil and the serpent and everything got all involved. Mm-hmm. Like one friend of ours said one time, the devil got in there yeah. <laughs> and uh, messed things up. 
And every time the devil gets in, he messes things up, doesn't he? But it doesn't mean it wasn't God's will. That's right. The whole time. And think, yeah, God got ticked at man and dragged him through the wilderness. No, that wasn't God's plan. That was, that was what happened when flesh got involved with yeah. it. But God's plan has always been to bless his children and to, to, uh, to make us ambassadors, to make us representatives. That's right. So in that sense, like an ambassador is in union with the government that has sent him, uh, commissioned him, mm-hmm. or uh, an admiral or a general, uh, he is the army, isn't he? He is not only representative, but he is who. If he says it, it goes. That's right. And so that's how uh, this comp- uh, completeness in Christ has made us. Amen. We are, we are complete in Him. That's right. Uh, we used to sing that little chorus. I'm complete, complete, <laughs> complete in Him. Amen. Uh, Not great that. musically, but good words. It is really good. <laughs> Straight out of the word. Here. Right. <laughs> Amen. Well, and you know, uh, we have sung that, that hymn for years, just as I am. And um, and if people are yes. watching tonight, and maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, right. um, you don't have to clean up your life before you come to Him. <laughs> you know, I think people have said to me before, "Well, I, I'm just not quite ready because I have to get my life in order or some things straightened out." And and you know, we don't have to do that, do we? We can just come. get ready to get saved. Yeah, get ready to get saved. Like what? <laughs> no, you just come. And uh, somebody. Uh, kind of compared it to because Jesus said I will make you fishers of men he said when you catch a fish it's you know it's smelly and it's got scales all over it and it's you know flopping everywhere um, it doesn't come like a nice fillet with stuffed with no. crab meat right and <laughs> yeah. but you know uh, we don't have to we don't have to come clean and then come to the Lord praise God he does all the work in us and he does it just perfectly doesn't and so it's just as I am he yes to be. Um, you know, I, I think too, I can't tell you how many times I've invited people to church um, and they've actually said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for church. I, 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 ooh, I would feel condemned to go in there. I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. Because, you know, they, they, you'll ask them, what's your hang up? And, well, you know, I smoke or I, I, I cuss a little or I, you know, they'll bring up something of their sure. flesh that they feel unclean about or I'm not living in a good situation I'm I'm living in in a in a uh unsavory unarrangement or something in right. the lifestyle. Uh, but I've said listen uh the church is the place for sinners. The church is the place yes. for uh those who need. We all need. Yes. Uh to you know, we all need the, this goodness of God to continue to work in our lives, don't we? Yes. We're not in the church because we've deemed ourselves perfect in our works, Mm-mm. but we're saying we're complete in Christ. It doesn't mean we don't have a few rough edges. And I wish people could see that uh, there's there's no sinner too dirty for the blood of Jesus to to cleanse and to, right. to fix. Amen? Amen. And... Amen. Uh, and uh, I've told them, I said, no, our people, would they won't condemn you for anything, you know. Uh, Amen. If you come in here half naked, we might give you a little something to wear. But, you know, uh, just because we don't want people going blind. But uh, 
Uh, you know, I mean, I often, they said, what's the rules? And I said, well, you know, um, follow the word and follow the spirit. We don't, I don't have a list of things, you know, for you to be good enough for Christ. And the thing is, as Paul said, if anybody has cause to boast about perfection in the flesh, he said, I don't know of any man more than me. And remember that in Philippians 3? And he said, there are seven things there that he felt perfected in. I mean, of the Hebrew of the Hebrews, the tribe of Benjamin, you know, he said finally, and this one is the one that will get you. He said, concerning the righteousness in law-keeping, he said, I was without, without imperfection, without flaw. Flawless. Perfect. Perfect law-keeper. And he said, I count it all as trash mm-hmm. that I may gain the excellency that's in Christ. Amen. Amen. And so even somebody, in fact, sometimes it's harder for somebody that's kept the rules of a certain group so long, it's hard for them to accept the grace of God because they're, they're, they're coming to Christ on their record. Yeah. Well, how many's ever had your record pulled out from under you and you, and you, 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 like Paul, you become Paul in Romans 7, um, um, oh wretched man that I am. The things that I want to do, I don't. The things that I hate, that's what I end up doing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like us about February after our January <laughs> New Year's resolution, right? The things yeah. that I hate to eat, that's what I'm eating. <laughs> but, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's no more, it's no more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've all been there. We've all been, oh, wretched man that I am. You know, I'm not doing the things that I really want to do and feel that I should be doing. So welcome to the club. You know, people say, well, I don't know if I'm clean enough to go to your church. I say, well, welcome. Praise God you're in the right place. Yes. Because we don't measure people by what they're doing wrong or right. We measure them by the word and by by the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. Amen. Yes. I don't know how better way to put it. I That's mean. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if you're going to make a lot of rules, where do you begin and end with those rules? And I was listening to you the other day say, saying in your past yeah. uh, church you know, yes. way back that rocking chairs were, were evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't own one. You could go sit in somebody else's. And that's the way it always goes. And then when TVs came out, they were of the devil. Everything's of the devil. <laughs> yeah. So like, where do you start and stop Well, with we this? become Amish is what we do. and. <laughs> And have, you know, nothing electrified or whatever. But, uh, um, you know, I, I saw, I don't know, I saw a video or something of like a, an Amish buggy getting pulled by a, uh, getting pulled by a, a, a wrecker or something happened to the wheels and the, the wrecker was pulling the, the buggy and the buggy, the horse was behind the buggy and I, I don't know, it was just like strange. So, I tell you how weird this gets. I think I've told you before. My great grandmother, bless her heart, she, you know, her testimony was, "I'm saved, sanctified, filled the Holy Ghost, been a member of the Church of God since 1911," and that was a year before the Titanic went down. And she said, uh, "And I haven't cut my hair since I accepted Christ." Well, it went down to the floor, and uh, she finally ended up in the latter years in a nursing home facility, and. Um, some of the workers called my grandmother on the phone and said, can you come help us with your mother? We need to cut her hair because we don't have enough staff to do her hair 
You know, it takes all day to do hair like that and wash it and dry it and put it up, you know, an atomic bomb style. And so um, she she said, uh, and she's just like backed into the corner and won't let anybody near her. So my grandmother had an ingenious idea. She said, she says, Mama, why won't you let them cut your hair? And she said, I'm not going to hell for anybody. And she says, but if they're cutting your hair against your will, they'll go to hell and not you. And she thought about that. And she said, that'll work. <laughs> this is how weird religion gets. And <laughs> rule mongering. This is how weird it gets. It can get really it weird. It can get really weird because there's always, you're looking for loopholes, see? Mm-hmm. And so she, they, they said that the, the poor girl that was cutting her hair, she said the whole way, I guess you know you're going to hell for this. And she just said, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. It's, it's like, whatever, just let me get this hair off of you. You know, but, as, you know, it's, 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 like Brother Hagin said, it would be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. But you know, that's really, and I'm not, I'm not throwing my great grandmother under the bus. I'm just using that as an illustration of how crazy, uh, religion can get. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's loopholes, you know. I used to, you know, um, uh, there are a lot of people that used to really keep that Sabbath thing going. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, you can swim. Well, you can't swim on Sunday. Okay, you can swim on Sunday, but don't splash. Okay, you can splash, but no diving. Okay, you can diving, but no splashing if you dive. I mean, it just it just gets crazier and crazier until it's like the rule goes out the window and everybody wonders what it meant anyway. So... Um, hey, we all have a moral code that we live by, and, and most of that is in the Word of God. And if you yes. follow that, you'll be okay. Amen. And it's usually, it's got to come out of the heart anyway. What good does it do? What good does it do to force somebody to keep your conviction? Well, right. I, I didn't mean to get off on this. No, but it's true. Though. What good, what good does it do to force somebody to keep your conviction to keep you happy? Right. Well, that just doesn't, how's that relationship with God? With them. It Absolutely. doesn't help them at all, does it? Not at all, no. So it needs to be a heart thing, amen? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why you can't condemn people into the church on Sunday. Um, the goodness of God is what draws men's hearts yes. to repentance, amen? Absolutely. And, um, uh, and to change. One last thing, and I know we need to go. I we was just thinking about these rules, though, and, and nothing that we can add to what Christ did yes. is... is is going to make any difference no. because he's done it all and he's completed the work. He's finished the work for us. Yes. Uh, I was thinking about my my brother, family member, my, mother, my brother. He was really felt called to the ministry when he was young. I uh, would walk in his room and he'd be praying on his knees, reading his Bible, yes. praying and very dedicated to church and etc. And then he went to a school where they had these list of rules which were very unreasonable, very extreme, very extreme rules. Um, you know, they would measure the girl's skirts and it had to be three inches above the middle of the knee. <laughs> God hates legs. And, um, they would, you know, you couldn't, of course you couldn't <laughs> go to any movies, even if it was a nice movie because they supported the bad movies and you couldn't listen to the radio. You couldn't right. you know, play cards, even if it was go fishing, you know, it was just ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, extreme. And, um, after he experienced that, he said, you know, I don't have, I don't have, I don't want anything to do with any of this. And so I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate, it really it? is how it can turn people away from God. Right. When you try to force them into these religious regulations. Yes, yeah, right. And, and, and instead of just letting the Holy Spirit, like you said, work in them. Work in them. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're complete in Christ tonight.